Welcome to Startups and FOPs. It's episode three, and today we are with Philip Ngarambe. Uh, Philip, many people don't know who this gentleman is. For the first time ever, giving his side of how to make a startup. I have an interesting story with this gentleman, and it goes way back to about eight years ago. We'll dive into that later. The Startups and FOPs podcast is recorded at Norskin House Kigali, brought to you by Norskin East Africa. And we talk to investors, stakeholders, entrepreneurs, anything related to the African startup ecosystem. That conversation starts right here. Welcome to Startups and FOPs, Phil. Thank you, brother. Good to be here. It's been a minute, eh? Yes, indeed. Before we let our listeners know about AC Group, right? Yeah. Many people have heard about AC Group. So Phil is the co-founder of AC Group, which is one of the most prominent startups or one of the companies that grew up through the startup model in Kigali to become a regional player. The first place I ever met you was in an office of this size. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's about small, this size. Yeah, about this size. Are a little smaller, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was you and Patrick. Yep. Your yeah. co-founder. Shout out to Patrick Buchana. Indeed. You guys were just figuring things out. That was the starting process when uh, you have to be in the same room with you know, the boardroom, the office, slash washroom, everything in one. So it's, a, it's that stage where you're not truly, you have to be very humble with what you have yeah, and make it work. Yeah. This was about eight years ago before mm. SE Group became AC Group. Mm. And through that, uh, AC Group has gone out to expand, has failed in its expansions, has had to restart, has gone out and gone back to zero. It, it, it's, it's that depreciation stage right so phil i was looking at uh, this um google chat gpt microsoft war right and they had a 100 billion dollar mistake the other day with a bad formation ac group has had its own mistakes not 100 billion dollars i don't think you know you were ready to lose 100 billion dollars back in the day but uh who is phil garambe who is phil that's a question i haven't answered in so long or i haven't been asked to answer that question in a long while but Phil is just um, another entrepreneur on the continent. Tried to make sense of uh, what makes money, what creates impact at the same time. What can we leave behind that will leave a legacy that will change the way things are done on the continent? But uh, I'm a student of business, you know. Uh, as you mentioned, failure is one of the things that uh, comes with it. I can say I'm an awesome winner and I'm an awesome failure at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Phil, many people, when they look at AC Group right now, you know, employing over 100 people, you have departments that have more than 20, 30 people. You have more than 30 engineers, developers. It wasn't all rosy uh, in the first stage. Now, creating the exit plan is one thing, but the ability to know and pivot from your failures. Let's start with the journey of AC Group. How did you and Patrick get together? That was an interesting story. Um... You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to be aware that you're going to try so many times in terms of, I mean, all aspects of business that it's, that's even, you know, finding the right partner. So it was, uh, it was an afternoon, someone, uh, a call, you know, a friend between the two of us who knew about, uh, what he was doing. He was working with a few ministries, trying to create a solution that would be able to bring some digital print or digital footprint within the transport sector and the mutual friend introduced us and uh, I was basically at the time doing some advertising on buses uh, I think it was the first moving billboard in Kigali and uh, yeah he just said you know what guys I think you two should get together what year is this 
This is like 2014. And we met at Tumubano, uh, down by the pool. I remember very vividly, like it was probably one of my last tryouts for entrepreneurship out here in Kigali. Uh, I'd really tried everything. What's everything? Wow. Branding, telemarketing. I think I did dive into a bit of health as well. I was selling some, was it, uh, vitamins that I was getting from uh, all the way from Canada at the time from some of my friends. So you name it, I was trying everything possible to make a buck. So when I met Patrick, uh, I remember just saying, you know what, let me just go ahead and meet with this guy. Who knows what's going to take, you know, what, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, he even reminded me the other day as we were just uh, remembering or uh, reminiscing about the story. He said, you came in with soap in your ear. <laughs> he was already canceling me out, saying, oh my God, this is the guy but, but, who I'm going to partner. Patrick was a writer at that time, I think. He used to write a column, a tech column for, for the New Times, right? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. So yeah, we just get to talking. Um, you know, we exchange a few words. Then we realized that we had something in common, which is our ambition and uh, our level of dreaming. You know, it's good to find someone who's able to dream or take always willing to take risk as much as you are and be able to put in the work that's required to be able to take off because taking off is one of the hardest processes that you could go through in terms of uh, as a startup or as a business person period yeah not too many make it but um, when you got the right team when you have the right thinking anything is possible so from that day we never looked back you know he's taken lead we followed and uh, we've done an amazing job and uh, we've seen many things and we're still seeing many things. I met you shortly after that because uh, I remember I'd known Patrick for some time and um, Patrick was writing for the New Times newspaper. He had the tech column. So I met the two of you shortly, I think about two months, three months into it, somewhere near Gishushu, a small office <laughs> down the road in someone's house. And you guys were talking a big game. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, my guys, you know, no one has a car here, but they're talking about an evolution of the transport industry in the country. How are they going to go by the legalities of it? Startups as they are were something not seen as a career path. What made you so comfortable to be like, you know what, I'll play the role of CTO here and let Patrick take the lead, being comfortable in your skin enough to know that this is how I fit into this puzzle. You know, the one thing that really does um, define where the startup is going, it's all about the attitude that you have when you start. You know, as they say, it's all about team. There's no I in team. You have to understand that the startup or the company, it's like a child. You know, they have different needs, different requirements. So you're going to have to play different roles. And this is why I mentioned earlier that it's very important to find the right partner. You know, you have to be able to Find someone who you can be able to talk to, you know, openly, straightforward, and be able to have those uncomfortable conversations. Because most of us, sometimes when we're pushed into this startup environment, we're going in for the wrong reasons, you know? Some of us are going in there for the fame, you know? It's, I mean, it's attractive, you know? Who, who doesn't want to be um, the seeing their face, you know, on Instagram <laughs> and these big uh, pitch events? So, you know, you have to understand that it's a phase that you will go through. But uh, again, if you have the right partner and you're able to look at the situation and say, where do I need to play? Or what role do I need to play? And you execute, you know, most of the time, you're guaranteed to be able to, to make it. You're going to be successful. And when you start, I mean, you start off with a lot of people. 
we started off as um, a group actually, but uh, we ended up being the last two standing in that equation. How big was the group? I mean, the idea when we kicked off, we were probably eight people in the room. No way. Because it was an idea like, you know, when it's an idea, when it's still in the idea stage, this is where there's no big money talks and you haven't invested a lot of money. So it's just more of your time and your ideas and the, you know, the effort that you're going to put in. So, you know, set sweat equity. So yep. at that time, yeah, things get interesting. You know, you can't be in a room where you've been there for the last two months and you're saying you're running behind this idea and you haven't been able to cover a check for the, you know, probably for three months, four months. Yeah, you know, things get really tough and um you see people's true colors you yeah. know and uh yeah so a few people were left behind and uh at the time we had uh, myself and patrick so we just sat down and just um thought about you know hey we have a good concept uh we had run a pilot phase pilot phase went very successful where uh, was, was the pilot phase it was done here in kigali i, I don't get it so someone sure. sees a pilot phase yeah and then they still drop up after the pilot phase. Yeah, definitely. You know, I know because at the end of the day, like I said. But the vision is clear. I was sold the vision two months into meeting you guys. It's all about the money at the end of the day sometimes, you know. Because at yep. the end of the day, like I said, you're an adult at that time. You're 24, you're 25. You have responsibilities. You know, you have to make ends meet. So... The people who were on board or, you know, the people who we started with, they had the same responsibilities and they had, you know, ends to meet. So no one blames anyone at the end of the day. It's about what you could afford at the time. Okay. And based on what you could afford is what you end up with as a reward. So like any investment, you know, sometimes you look at the situation and it's just not the right time for you. So you don't invest. So even time, time itself and being present, that is a big investment. It's not only about the money at the end of the day, but it is about the money when it comes to real life, you know, requirements and responsibilities. Yeah. You can't go home and tell, you know, your kids, Hey, you know what? Uh, we have this great idea and it's going to become this million dollar, you know, idea when people are hungry at home, people got to get fed, you know, bills got to get paid. Yeah. So we just look at it as that's what they were supposed to contribute at that time specifically. And we still have a good relationship with most of them. Uh, we're still friends. We still, you know, bounce ideas with each other. But yeah, finally at the end, it was uh, Patrick at the helm as a CEO and myself as a COO. And um, yeah, it's just evolved. Now it's even bigger than just two people. It's, uh, it's a whole movement, it's a whole idea it's uh something that has infected others in different regions that we work with there's something you talked about there regarding tough conversations sure, sure what's the toughest conversation or an example of a tough conversation you've had with your co-founder it could be a number of different uh conversations like like one would be hey you know bro you gotta go back to school you gotta take another program to better your skills in this space right now, because this is what we need from you right now. You know, it's not an easy conversation. Not you know? at all. Um, egos. Egos, man. You yep. know? So that's why it's very important to have the right team right there at the beginning. You know, it's very important. And you have to understand, play your part. So if he's the CEO, in this case where Patrick was the CEO, I know that he's giving me pointers 
And these pointers are coming from a good place. They're coming from a place of, I want to help you to move to the next level. And it's a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, I've had so many different opportunities because of that. And if I was stubborn and, you know, prideful, I would have been like, hey, you know what? I don't need to take any advice from someone who I would consider as a co-founder, you know, and then the next thing you know, I miss out on those big opportunities where you get to create um, larger networks. Actually, some of those programs are some of the best things that I've attended and they've turned out to be the best decisions for me in terms of even evolving into the person that I've become from, you know, those days when we met in the small office, you know, (laughs) so you just have to be flexible. You got to be ready to be checked. You know, it's part of the journey. You have to be ready to change, to grow, to learn. And um, the same applies, you know, as a CEO, I still am able to sit down with him and say, hey, brother, you know, this could have been done this way. And the same way that I receive his criticism, I know it's constructive, like it's going to help me to get to that place where I'm going to be better. So the same thing applies when I'm sharing that same, um, you know, uh, advice or comments with him. Yeah. So it's nothing possible. Yeah, it's about growing. Along the way, there tends to be an issue which is very common for many setups. And that is, you get your first $50,000 grant. That money wasn't as there eight years ago. But now, you know, it's easier to access it. People lose vision of the bigger picture because they're surviving. And rightfully so. As you mentioned, they need to go back home. They need to take breaks. You know, uh, they are getting married. It's that, it's that age. How are you able to balance this out? come ahead of the vision? I think it's all about making sure that in the beginning you have your goals and vision and purpose defined very clearly. It's very important. It's what defines or it's what uh, helps in these moments, you know, when those checks come in. It's what uh, manages the egos when there's that big conference and someone has to represent the company, you know, but you know you could be sitting next to so-and-so and your, you know, brand could be expanding all these different things. Again, this is why it comes back to the vision and the goal and the purpose, because when you all understand what that is and you're able to fall behind this idea, then there's never going to be an issue of, you know, who's at the helm because we're serving something that's bigger than us. You How know? do you reiterate that on and on and on so that it becomes subconscious, right? To yeah. know that that's the vision. Patrick, don't forget that's the vision. You know, Phil, don't forget that's the vision. That's where we're headed. Even on days when you don't want to look each other in the eyes. You know, one thing we've had uh, in our corner as Rwandans, at least, who were able to have a good example, you know, through the story of Rwanda, where Rwanda has come from. The story of liberation literally is a story of a startup, literally. Rwanda is a startup. It is a startup, you know. So if you have that kind of example, and you have great leadership that's always constantly still playing its role today. You know, it's very easy to look back at that. Many nights, yeah, we would be sitting down facing a challenge and would be thinking like, yeah, we can't give up, man. You know, what if our parents gave up? You know, what if they stopped? What if it was too much? Then where would we be right now? Would we even be talking about a startup in Kigavi? So that becomes the motivation behind the story. It's the North Star that keeps us going. Failures on this podcast, we call them FOPs. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I've gotten to know a few of your failures. <laughs> I've yes, seen some of them firsthand. I've seen things being launched and four mm-hmm. months down the road, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't think we're supposed to go the motors direction now. I don't think we're ready. 
or expansion into another market and it plays by different rules. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those are the ones we know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest cups? Ah, the good stuff, huh? Uh, uh, the good stuff. I mean, you... Give me one. I think it was the time that we realized that one of our suppliers had played us for probably a number of, probably like eight months. And we had probably run, uh, lost somewhere close to six to seven figures. Million dollars? Wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one of my uh, mentors looking at me and saying, uh, you call it PhD money. Oh, what happened here? You know, you learn with time that um, not everyone is your friend. Not everyone who's smiling has good intentions for you in business. And learning that business is not, uh, it's not personal, literally. It's business. It's business. Like everyone is in business to make money. So the minute you're sleeping, someone is trying to take advantage of you. So this was a case where the person was taking advantage of them having access to the manufacturer without us being present in the conversation. And just like that, we lost that much money. And it just turns out that, um, but there's also another lesson in that because the way they got found out, it taught us a lesson that, you know, you should just try to make sure that when you're doing business, apply ethics, you know, because whether you like it or not, something's going to get found out. Sooner or later, it could yep. take a year, it could take a two years. Kid. In our case, it took almost two years, but we finally found out. And when we found out, we did the whole um, accumulation of the figure and we were able to realize that we've, uh, yeah, we've made a loss of almost seven figures. Yeah. How'd you bounce back from that? Again, it's your partners, man. It's, it's the people that, it's the team, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you know you're responsible for people's lives you know people are looking up to you to make sure that their ends are meet rent's paid kids go to school you know gas is put in the car they have loans their loans don't care that you know you made a loss or something happened you still have to make sure that that check is cut at the end of the month so when you start to realize that it's not about you anymore that's when you start to take it less from that point of being emotionally invested to just it's business they got the best of me in this deal on to the next one let's keep going so you learn yeah even yesterday we we're just having this conversation with a fellow entrepreneur i wish somebody told us that this journey was going to come with a lot of uh let downs and disappointments and you know moments where you think someone is your friend you know you're using terms like brother in a business mm -hmm. Just only to find out that it's just, it's all about the money at the end of the day. You, you know? let your guard down. You let your guard down, man. You know, it gets the, the best of us get caught in there, you know? And uh, you just learn. You keep on learning with time. You grow. When you look back, if there was one thing that you could change, what would that be? Hmm. I wouldn't want to change anything because everything that happened happened for a reason. It made me who I am today as an individual. It made me who I am as a team player. Those losses, those wins, they all made me, they brought me to this point. And if I changed anything, that means I wouldn't be who I am today. And uh, I wouldn't give that for anything. Yeah. As majority of the business leaders, we get attached to businesses from a very emotional perspective. I've seen some amazing uh, business ideas come up and uh, people start, that is the hardest bit. But then there's also that part where you realize, you know what, I've built from zero to one. You left a, a AC Group. You're now on the director of AC Group. You left your official title as uh, the COO. 
take me through that process of being, you know what, this it's time now for me to go to the next phase of my career. Let me not hang on to my baby. My baby can walk without me and eventually fly without me. And then I'll focus on building this other part of my business journey. Again, you know, we've, uh, we've had the opportunity as Rwandan entrepreneurs to see this firsthand from the leadership of our country. It's like they've already given us a free blueprint, literally, of how this story goes. You know, how it starts, how it evolves, how it moves to the next level. But it's not easy. It's not a, it's not a walk in the park. You know, you're not uh, going to just wake up in the morning and you've been getting called at 5 a.m. Go and fix this problem. Do this. Fly to this country. Then all of a sudden, everything starts to slow down. Then now you're wondering, ah, am I still needed? You know? Am I getting uh, substituted, you know, on the team that you were part of, that you saw grow? But then you realize that it's not a substitution, but it's more, more of a promotion into another, you know, another state of the company. Now it's more of a group, you know, now we have subsidiaries within the company. Um, someone said this to me long ago, it was a professor, and he said, if you want to see if, if you've been successful with your startup, is the day you're able to pass it to another team and they're able to carry that torch and keep it going. That's not what you call successfully handing over. But also, during COVID, all of us as partners, we were pushed to diverse into other business sectors. Because, you know, some sectors went to complete, uh, you know, zero in terms of, uh, you know, production or revenue income. Things went to zero. So you had to think outside the box. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that the mobility space stops operating after, you know, the restrictions are taken down. So now you have actually a CEO with, within AC Mobility, but now me, myself and Patrick, we're still playing sort of the same role, but we're on the group level and I'm still kind of in that COO and he's still taking the helm, but we are now into other things where we would have never thought we would even be into. The same concept yesterday we were discussing, it's about opportunity and you being prepared. We were prepared in the sense that we've already gone through this phase of, you know, building a company. But because you're stuck in mobility, you've been dismissing opportunities, you know? You're like, I'm not in that space. But you, now you realize, hey, I need to open these doors now. And I'm growing, you know, you're learning. Even now, next year becomes, yeah, that's probably 10 years. Next year will be 10 years. But I'm still learning. I'm still taking a course right now. I'm learning finance from scratch because the new role that I'm now being asked to serve requires me to be able to now knock down financials and being able to understand, you know, things without having to consult others. So again, it's your attitude, man. Your attitude will get you far. It will take you far if you're willing to learn. The need to adjust and evolve all the time. 100%. What keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night these days is um, this whole new uh, movement of EV, you know? So we expect you in that space. Oh, I'm definitely in that space. I'm loving that space right now. There's a lot of opportunities. It's still fresh. It's still new. Uh, if you love challenges, it's an amazing space right now to be in. But if you like comfort, uh, don't, please don't. Don't dare. I'm now chasing that thing where I just want to make sure that I can play my part in terms of creating or leaving a legacy that um, will be able to tell a story about the whole phase of us going into clean energy. 
within the transport space. We know when we got in at first, we're sort of like automating what was already there. Now yeah. we have the opportunity to actually be at the forefront. Be at the forefront, you know? So it's it's amazing, man. What does Phil do in his free time? Usually now I'm into sports, now I'm into running, uh, I'm into walking, taking walks, I'm into reading. Um, what are you reading? At the moment, I was reading a Napoleon uh, Hill book. Mm -hmm. uh, the last book that I also was uh, reading up on was um, How to Outwit the Devil. Mm. It's uh, Napoleon Hill as well. Yep. Interesting stuff in there. It's interesting to to learn from others who have uh, paved the way, who have seen all the different uh, things, all the different challenges, and they've seen all the different things that could happen in the business space. So I always feel like it's a cheat code because you get to literally sit down with these guys. I like using Audible. Yep. I feel like it's like me in a room. I love the paper. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love the paper. Yeah. 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 So I love watching basketball. Those are my hobbies. Elman Garambe, co-founder, uh, former COO of AC Group, one of the leading mobility transport companies on the African continent. It grew from nothing to now a million dollar valued startup. Thank you for making the time, Phil. Anytime, brother. Anytime. See you soon.